Awesome, awesome. Well, this morning we're going to continue on our series, I Am, and we're talking about the I Am's that Jesus said about himself. And last week, Pastor Zach shared on I Am the Bread of Life, and in Jennings, Pastor Josh shared on I Am the Light of the World. And so today we're going to talk about one, uh, another one of those I Am's that Jesus said about himself, and we find it in John chapter 10. So go, go to John chapter 10. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can look on the screen. John chapter 10 Jesus speaking, he says to them, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. All right, so Jesus is talking to his his disciples and probably those that are around. And he says, I am the good shepherd. Me, Jesus, I am the good shepherd. Stating that there must be some bad shepherds also. Right? So he's saying, I am the good shepherd, and a good shepherd lays down his life or sacrifices his life for the sheep. Isn't that good? So Jesus is the good shepherd. He's really trying to break a a heavenly story down to where his disciples could understand it, right? He he wasn't speaking in in Christianese. He was really speaking in English or whatever he was using in those days. But he said that I am the good shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 1, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. In other words, if somebody's not coming in through the front gate, right? He must be a thief and a robber. One day, we've, we've, you, I've heard, you've heard me say we've got about 18 acres, and on the back of my property, there's a power line right away. And one out Sunday afternoon, I mean, the glory of the Lord was shining upon me. I was laying in the hammock. The weather was perfect. And I'm just about to go into the heavens. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, it just, it's just the kids are inside, and it's just like, oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. And my son goes, Dad, I'm like, oh, my God. He goes, some guys are riding up on a horse. I'm like, huh? So they're in the back. But I really got my attention because you don't come up in the back of my house, right? You come to the front door. You come in the back door, you might meet a gun. A big bald guy with a gun. That's bad. So I sit up in my hammock and I look, and there's two guys riding up on horses on my right of way. And I go, I ain't done some nerve. I didn't tell you what I wanted to say. But they saw me, and so they come riding towards me. I'm like, oh, man, you got to be. I felt violated. Honestly. Right? Jesus is saying if somebody tries to sneak over the the fence or or they come in the back, then surely they're a thief and a robber. So Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Anyone that comes over the wall of the sheepfold, he, he must be a robber and a thief. Look at verse 10. Jesus says this in verse 10 of chapter 10, same chapter. He says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. So the person that's coming in over the gate, over the fence, the one that's sneaking in the back, he's coming to steal, to kill and destroy. We all know who that is, right? That's Satan himself. He's coming to steal and to kill That's what the Bible says. He's coming not just to steal or maybe kill. No, it's all in one. He's coming to steal and to kill and to destroy. You see, the reason I'm saying that is because I believe as a church, sometimes we forget that we have a real enemy. Right? We have a real enemy. Uh, he's, he's, he's real. He's legitimate. He's, he's an enemy. His goal is to destroy your life. Why? To, to mess up God's reputation. 
Don't take it personal. He's not mad at you. He's mad at God. And he wants to get after God's sheep. Right? Because if Jesus is the shepherd and he can get the sheep, then what does that say about the shepherd? That says that the shepherd's not very good. Right? You see how the enemy's trying to work. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, what's he trying to steal, Pastor? What's he trying to kill? He's trying to steal hope. He's trying to steal your future. He's trying to kill your dreams and the plans that God has for you. He's trying to steal your, your joy, your peace. He's trying to steal the fruits of the Spirit from you. He's trying to steal purpose and victory. Right? He wants to get you so beat up that you don't even think God's even looking out over you. Right? He's a real enemy. If there's not an enemy, then we really don't need a shepherd, right? He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, it's interesting that Jesus says that he's the good shepherd. And he's talking about his relationship between him and us, right? Isn't that what you picked up from the story? Jesus is talking about he's the shepherd. And we're the, look at your neighbor and go, you just got called a sheep. (laughs) In farmer's terms, that's pretty bad. (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) It's bad, bad, bad. (laughs) We're going to have a bad service. (laughs) But so Jesus is calling us a sheep. But this is interesting, a little bit of note for you. Over 200 times in the Bible, you'll find the sheep mentioned. Yeah, since we're talking about animals, actually, 44 times, amazingly, you hear the word or read the word dog. Did you know that? 44 times in the Bible, it talks about a dog. Even better. You know how many times it talks about a cat? None. Because they're from the devil. I'm picking. I'm picking. I know I just hurt some of you cat lovers. But if you don't control your cats, they need to be hurt now. I just had to say it. I'm just sorry. I mean, I just cats. Anyway, I'm going to stop. So now we're sheep. You came to church thinking you were somebody. You ain't nothing but a sheep. You know, what's, what's funny about sheep is, and I'm going to say this with the love of Jesus, but sheep are stupid. I know that didn't feel real good, but it's the truth. Sheep are stupid. Sheep will pee in the same water they're trying to drink. Sheep will leave the protection of a shepherd to go find something else that they want to go find. Sheep will wander off in a heartbeat. Right? I mean, they're just dumb. Have you ever been around sheep? They're dumb. I'm a sheep also. But sheep need a shepherd. Right? Right? You know, it's funny, you go to the circus, you see elephants that are thousands and thousands of pounds being controlled by a guy that weighs 150 pounds. He says the word and the elephant stands up on two legs, right? Or he sits down on a big log. Or he grabs the other one's tails and they walk in a circle. You can train an elephant. You can't train a sheep. You can train a monkey. You can train a dog. You can go to the flea circus, but you can't train a sheep. So let me give you four challenges of being a sheep. You ready for this? Number one, 
sheep get lost easily. Sheep get lost easily. Isaiah 53, 6 says that all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. So what he's saying is that all of us have wandered off. Sometimes sheep, and you look at them and you just go, what are you doing? I mean, you're on good grass. you got the shepherd looking out over you, and you're just going. But all we like sheep. In other words, all of us act like sheep and we wander off, is what the Bible says. We go astray. Isn't that the truth? I mean, I'm not lying to you this morning, but isn't that the truth? That we all wander off. Even today, I got to guard my relationship with Jesus and I got to guard my position and I got to guard where I am with Christ because I want to wander off. I just want to wander off. I want to wander away. I want to chase something that, that gets my attention. Right? Sheep get lost easily. Sheep without a shepherd get lost even easier. Right? Number two, sheep are defenseless. You know what's funny is that almost every animal on the planet has some type of a defense mechanism. You know, they may have fangs, they may have claws, they may can just fight. Okay? Some of them can camouflage into the environment around them. Some of them can, can run real fast or some of them can even fly. But they have a defense mechanism. Sheep don't have a defense mechanism. They don't. They're defenseless animals. I mean, when the wolf crosses the fence and he comes, it's easy pickings. Because they're defenseless. Sheep are defenseless. They can't do anything without the shepherd. Number three, sheep are very stubborn. You're going to love this one. Sheep are very stubborn. If you're stubborn, raise your hand and hold it up for, for 30 seconds. If you're stubborn. Okay, thank you. Now look at the people who aren't raising their hands. Those are the stubborn ones. Because they were too stubborn to raise their hand this morning. It didn't matter what I said. They wasn't going, I'm not raising my hand in church. I come from, we don't raise hands in church. Sheep are stubborn. And that's coming from a stubborn man. Some of you may be sitting next to a stubborn person right now. You may need to lean over and say, he's talking about you. You, know, you may be like the girl that's like, you know, I always get the bad guys. And you're like, well, maybe you're fishing with the wrong bait. <laughs> or you may be like the guy who says, man, I'm always out of money, man. I'm always broke. And then in the next breath, he goes, you want to go to the mall? <laughs> Isn't it true? You know, we pick on the young people and say, you know, young people are stupid. I mean, honestly, I think everybody in here has probably thought that or said that. And we blame it on the young people, but it's really not just the young people. We just get older and we get better at being stupid. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Sheep are stubborn. Number four, sheep are filthy. You're like, what? No, not the pretty little fluffy white sheep. They're not, they're not filthy. Can you show me a picture of what real sheep look like? Can we? I mean, look, that's nasty. I mean, they get mud stuck to them and, and other stuff. You know, and and they're just they're gross. I remember being in high school in the in the uh, in the ag department. We had a full blown 
a butcher shop in our ag department, and we used to butcher pigs and deer and, and sheep. And, you know, when people, when, when I tell you pigs, you probably think, oh, nasty pig laying up in the mud, stinky. But when you actually butcher a pig and you, you open him up, it's really not that bad. Actually, a real clean meat on the inside. So we get the sheep in and we go to butcher the sheep. And, and what we would do is we'd hang them and then you'd, you'd make a little slit around their ankles and you take some air and shh, and you separate the skin from the, from the meat to make it easier to. And man, let me tell you something. When you cut a sheep open, whew, man, I can still smell it. It's filthy. It's a filthy smelling animal. Sheep are filthy. They're just filthy. The bottom line is this, is that sheep need a shepherd, right? Sheep need a shepherd to, to take care of them, right? Sheep need a, a shepherd to do what? To protect them, to lead them into the green pastures, to keep them out of the mud, to keep them from wandering off to the place where they get in danger. So let, let's look at this. What does God, what does the good shepherd do? Number one, the good shepherd guides. He guides. A good shepherd guides his sheep. Psalms 23.3 says that he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths. Do you know that the shepherd wants to do a good job with his sheep? Because his sheep say a whole lot about the shepherd. Right? It works back and forth. You see, if the, she, if the shepherd doesn't take good care of the flock, or if he's got a stubborn flock, or a flock that wants to do its own thing, then he has a hard time keeping a good reputation. Right? Because it says a lot about the shepherd. You hear us say all the time that there's four Gospels in the Bible, but we say sometimes there's five. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then there's you. Most people won't read the first four, but they always read you. The lost people in this world, the lost people at your job, the lost people in your neighborhood, your lost family members are reading your life. And your life is telling a story about the good shepherd. What story is it telling? That's a question you need to ask yourself. What are people reading in me? Am I a filthy sheep? Am I a stubborn sheep? Right? Because whatever... You do. Look at this verse in 23.3. It says this. He renews my strength. He guides me along path, right past, bringing honor to who? To his name. So a good shepherd leads his sheep and they follow him. And they're healthy looking. Right? They're healthy not just on the outside. They're healthy on the inside. And they follow and they stay close to the shepherd because they realize that the good shepherd is the source of life. He is really the source of life. So they stay close. And then when people come by and they see, they see the sheep following the shepherd, they go, man, that's a good shepherd. He really knows how to work those sheep. It's funny, if you check the prices of sheep in the area, the guys that have ugly, dirty sheep sell them cheaper than the guys that have good, well-taken-care-of sheep. You know why? Because when people go to the first guy's house to buy sheep and they see how nasty they are, they don't want to give him any money for them because they ain't worth anything. Because you can tell he hasn't been taking care of them. 
But the guy that's charging almost double for the sheep, when they go to his house and they see his area, they see his pastures, and they see how he takes care of his sheep, they have no issue paying double because they know what they're getting. Good, taken care of, properly raised, healthy sheep. Amen? Does that make sense? So he guides us. John 10, 3 to 4 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Why do they follow him? Because they know his voice. Wow. Isn't that good? He knows their name and they know his voice. There's something powerful right there. He knows your name. And you're supposed to know his voice. When he calls you, he calls you by name. He says, Mary. Hey, Mary. He says, David. He calls you by name. And we're supposed to be able to hear his voice and recognize his voice. But I know that there's people here today who don't know how to hear the voice of God. You don't recognize his voice. And listen to me, that's okay for right now. That's okay today. It might not be okay tomorrow. I've been in a position in my life where I did not know how to hear the shepherd's voice. But I rejoice For the day that somebody told me and taught me how to hear God's voice. Right? Because he calls to us. Says, hey, this way. Right? When it's supper time or when it's lunch time, you go out to the pasture and you call your animals. Whatever sound you make. My pigs, we go, soup, 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 soup. And trust me, they come. They'll jump over the hot wire to come get some grain. I mean, they're, they're serious about it. They know the shepherd's voice because he got the goods. Right? Or they see you walking outside with a white trash bag. They say, bread. And they come running. But we're intended to know his name. Let me give you two reasons maybe why you don't know his name. It's probably in your notes as a fill-in. But let me give you two reasons. Let me give you this by an example. You ever been to, or your wife ever throw a shower at your house, men? Never? Man, you are blessed. (laughs) One time my wife threw a shower at our house for someone, and and there was, I don't know, you could say just maybe 30 to 50 women in the house. Okay, and so what happens to the guys is that the guys get kicked out the house that day. I mean, you got to use the bathroom outside. You got to hide your meals outside. You can't come inside for nothing. I mean, you even look through the window, and she's like, you're like, come on, man. So the guys go outside, but then when you finally get to come inside, okay, this is what I discovered the first time. You come inside, and, and no offense, but it sounds like you walk into a hen house. Seriously. And you look around in amazement. I look around and I go, all 30 or 50 of those women are talking at the same time. And I'm going, who's listening? They are. See, women are special. They can talk to two people and listen to the same conversation at the same time. And then afterwards you go, baby, did you have a good... Oh, I had great conversations. I'm like, really? 
I mean, am I lying? I mean, I'm in church. I mean, is it true, Miss Mary? Okay, Miss Mary says it's true, then it's true. That's my witness right there. So here's the example. You can blindfold me and walk me into that house and give me a minute and I will find my wife just by her voice. Right? Isn't that true? You know why that is? Because I recognize it. And to recognize it, evidently I've spent time with her. Right? I can't get to know my wife's voice if I never spend time with her. Right? So I spend time with my wife and I recognize her voice. So when I walk into a room blindfolded with 50 women talking at the same time, I can say, there's my wife. Some of you today can't hear the voice of God because you just simply, and it's real simple, you just haven't spent enough time with him. I mean, that's, that's not a hard thing, right? I mean, that's not, a, that's not real tough. It shouldn't make you feel bad. That shouldn't condemn you. It's just simple. You just haven't spent enough time with him. Don't let the devil beat you up. And say, oh, you never spend any time with God. A pastor knows you. He's talking to you. You know who he's talking to. You don't ever spend time with Jesus. Tell him to shut up. And just listen to me. Just simply start spending more time with him. It's simple. What does that look like? Man, you get up in the morning and you open your Bible. Maybe you just pray a little bit. I mean, we talked about this in first step this week, which by the way, we had a great first step. We, we talked about how you just, you, some of you may need to go fix your coffee first. That's okay. Jesus would rather you be awake than fall asleep on him. You ever fall asleep praying? I, mean, I woke up one time with my head in my Bible. <laughs> Drooled all up and messed the whole page up. Now, I was excited. I was in the word. I heard about a guy one time. He named his bed the word. So when people call him and say, hey, what you doing? He says, I'm in the word. Don't use that one. But maybe just open your Bible and read. Maybe just pray a little bit. Start wherever you are today. Just start spending time with him. And just start listening as you're spending time. It's just like dating, honestly. You just, you get to know the person. And you spend time with them. Right? So you got to spend time with him. And then you can recognize his voice. And, and this is the one thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to, you have to cement this thing down in your life and you to pour some concrete in your life, because this is what the enemy is going to try to tell you. God speaks to everybody else, but he doesn't speak to you. Why would he want you to be able to hear the good shepherd? If you can hear the good shepherd and you can recognize his voice, are you going to wander off? Not as often. Are you going to stray away? Are you going to walk into the pit that he's calling you away from? Not likely. Right? Because you recognize his voice. And you follow him. Amen? Is that that easy? I mean, does that make you simple? Something you can do? Right? That's for all of us. Amen? God's not going to make it complicated. 
He doesn't want it to be so complicated that you can't have a relationship with him. He did all the hard work when Jesus went to the cross. Amen? The the privilege we have, the good news we have now is that he's given us the right to be in a a free, loving, faith-filled, life-giving relationship with him. That is your right. It is your right given to you by Jesus when he died on the cross. He gave you the right to have a relationship with him. Stop letting the enemy steal it from you. Stop letting him condemn you and hold you back and try to keep you right here when Jesus has got way over there planned for you. Isn't that good? He's so good to us. Going back to John 10, 10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Watch what Jesus says. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see the contrast in that. The enemy wants to take from you and he wants to destroy you. He's a murderer. He's a thief. And he's a demolition expert. And that's all his plans for you. He just wants to tear you down. Jesus wants to build you up. I promise you the devil ain't telling you he's got a rich and satisfying life for you. The world's trying to offer that to you, but it's just false. It's fake. It's not going to happen. But if Jesus, the good shepherd, says, I have a rich and satisfying life for you, then who do we need to follow? The good shepherd. Good answer. Glad you're paying attention. You know why it's important to hear his voice? So that he can guide us. You ever been faced with a tough decision? Do I take this job out of town? Do I keep dating this person or do I not? Do I send my kids to this school or to that school? Here's a good one for you. Do we go to our Savior's church or do we go to another church? That's a good question. I've asked myself that question. You know what? You need to hear from God. You need to hear from the good shepherd where you're supposed to go. Because otherwise, who's making the decisions? You. You're making the decisions. You're you're the sheep. That looks good. Right? Man, we just wander off and it... So what does the good shepherd do? He guides. Number two, he provides. The good shepherd provides. Psalms 23, 1 to 3 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And he renews my strength. Who does that? Jesus, Jesus the good shepherd. Amen. What does he do again? He gives me all that I need, right? Then what does he do? He, lay, he lets me rest in green meadows. Anybody want to lay down in some old dry, stiff grass? He brings you to the green meadows to rest. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Anybody want to go to a Russian river? No peace at a Russian river, right? 
And then he renews my strength. You know what's funny about sheep is that sheep won't lie down until a couple of things happen. Number one, they have to be fed. Number two, there has to be peace amongst them. If a couple of sheep are mad at each other, they won't lie down. If there's too much tension and too much stress, they won't lie down. Chickens will not lay an egg if you stress them out. Seriously. So when people come to my house and say, don't chase the chickens. I'm going to chase you. No, I'm joking. But so they won't lie down if they're not fed. They won't lie down if there's not peace. And then they won't lie down if there's not security. So some of you today are unrested. You're unrested. There's turmoil going. You got everything rolling on the outside. I mean, it looks like it's good in your hood, right? I mean, you just got it going on. Everybody's like, man, they got it going on. But they don't know that on the inside, you got turmoil. You got no peace. You can't sleep at night. You flip from this side to that side and you worry. You get up. You go, you go sit in the living room and you try to sleep in the living room. But you can't sleep. Why? Because there's no peace. Why is there no peace? There's probably no peace because you're not next to the shepherd. There's probably no peace because you don't wandered off to the wrong pasture. You see, because a lot of times we go back, right? Just like the children of Israel, they want to go back to Egypt. You know what's funny about pastures is, is you got to take your sheep from one pasture to the next, and you got to let that pasture rest so that all the parasites and the, and the, and the, the, the insects and all the things that can get in and, and do damage to your sheep can die. It takes about 30 days. So when you, when you take sheep from this pasture and you bring them to this one, you don't want them going back to the next pasture. Why? Because they're going to pick up something that can ultimately kill them. Right? So he wants to take us into the next pasture. Maybe what's happened in your life is that you've wandered off and you've gotten away from the shepherd and you went back to the old pasture. Or you're in another pasture and you can't find peace. You can't find comfort. You can't find rest. The good news is is that Jesus is calling. You know why he's calling? Because he knows that you're not there. He knows that you're not there. He knows that you've wandered off because when he calls your name, he doesn't hear anything back. You see, he's the good shepherd. He pays attention to every one of his sheep. He knows they all wander off from time to time. And he's looking and he's listening and he's calling. Come back. Come back. I got a dear friend, one of my new good old buddies, all my new old friends I got. He's got some sheep. And he calls and we were there the other day and he, they're in just a pasture right there in front of us. And I I lean up against the gate, me and all my kids, my whole family. And and he calls his sheep. He goes, bah, and they come. I mean, they'll come from acres away because they know he's got something, right? But we're standing there. And so he goes, bah, and they, they start to come and then they go, hold up. Who's that bald headed guy? He looks like he could eat me. (laughs) And his kids look kind of hungry too. Right? You see, the shepherd's always looking. He's always wanting us to come back. He's always calling. It's interesting that he brings the sheep next to the quiet waters. Right? The peaceful waters. Because sheep can drink in peaceful water. If you bring sheep to a rushing river... Chances are they're going to fall in and they're going to be like a big old cotton ball just down the river. Bye-bye sheep. Bye-bye black sheep. 
He provides. He doesn't just provide for us materially, right? He provides for us emotionally. He provides for your soul. He provides for your well-being. Listen, he wants you to have peace. The Bible says he wants you to live a rich and satisfying life. That's his plan for you. If you're not living that, then you need to ask the question about what is going on. What's happening here? If I strayed away or am I right where I need to be? Amen. Number three, you're going to love this one. He corrects. When's the last time you went to your buddy and you said, man, God is correcting me. Woo! Feels good. Lord, bring on the correction. Anybody ever do that? Any of your kids ever do that when you, they hear their name, their middle name? Ethan Joseph Tyler. He's like, and in his mind, he's going, oh God, what did I do now? I mean, he's not going, hey, dad, what's up? What did I do wrong? You going with me today? Come on, man. That, unfortunately, that's never happened at my house. I mean, I just. <laughs> it's funny with kids. We've got three kids and they're all different. You probably know this. My oldest one is very. She's very inward at times when it comes to being corrected. She'll. She's like me. She'll stiffen up. And she keeps it inside. She don't want to let you break her for nothing. She's like. <laughs> and Ethan, Ethan, he starts getting worrying. He starts. He's going, God, man, this is going to hurt. God. And, and that's fine. I can, I can whip Virginia and no problem. I can whip Ethan with no problem. I tell him to bend over. He bends over and I bring the board of education to him and, and everything's fine. But Anna, the sweetest little Anna. Let me tell you about Anna. When Anna knows she's in trouble, if you can get her to the bathroom, it's a miracle. And once you get her to the bathroom, if you can get her over your knee, it's a miracle. I used to have to take Anna and I would have to force her over my knee, throw this leg across the other one. And she's still bucking just to get a little pat on her. And I want to say, baby, it's really not that bad, but it's not going to do any good. But nobody loves correction. Right? You know how I know? Because most people don't pray, Lord, show me my heart. Lord, correct me. I don't know a lot of people that pray like that. Why? Because when you pray like that, you get an answer like that. <laughs> right? It's crazy, but it's actually good news that God corrects you, that the shepherd corrects you. Job 5, 17, 18 says, but consider the joy of those corrected by God. Consider the joy of those corrected by God. How can you put those, words to, those two words together? Joy and correction. How can you do that? Only the Bible can do not despise the discipline of the almighty when you sin for though his wound, though he wounds, he also bandages, he strikes, but he also, his hands also heal. You see, correction is actually good for us. Amen. Correction is actually good. for us. Why do you correct your kids? Because they're doing something that's going to lead to destruction later on. Right? If one of them hits the other one, that's a habit we don't want them to have. It's not good practice because someday somebody's going to hit harder than your brother and your sister does. Right? So you, you want to correct them to do what ultimately? Bring life. 
right? I want their quality of life to be better. I want them to be, to have manners and to respect people and all those good things. So I've got to correct that. I've got to train that, right? They say when a shepherd has a sheep or even a little lamb that wanders off, the shepherd will actually go catch the lamb, take his rod and crack its leg. Sounds kind of cruel, doesn't it? But let me tell you why he does that. He'll crack the leg, then he'll throw it over his shoulders, and he'll walk it back to the, to the flock, and then he'll take care of it. And then he'll begin, he'll bandage it up. Maybe put two little sticks and some bandages around it to stiffen it up. And then he'll take care of that lamb for the next weeks or months or whatever's going on. And he, he cares for it very intently. And you know they say that, that when that lamb, that lamb grows into a sheep, it's one of the best sheep that the shepherd can have because that, she, that sheep has realized where the source of life comes from. You with me? And they said sheep were dumb. But that's what he does. Isn't that kind of cruel? Seems cruel, right? Initially. But let me tell you something. When you've been corrected and you've been taken care of in a loving way, you appreciate it. There's one thing I can say about Cheryl and I is we are well pastored. We're well pastored. My pastor will call something out of me in a heartbeat. Sometimes I don't want to go hang out with him because I'm afraid he's going to bring correction. But when he does bring correction, it brings life. Amen. It brings life. But consider the joy of those corrected by God. Isn't that good? Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But after there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. A peaceful harvest. Psalms 23, 4 to 6 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head, by anointing my head all the days with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's talking about a person that's being corrected, a person that's being trained. Come on. Don't despise the correction of God. Don't take it for granted. Don't run from it. When you run from the correction of God, you stay where you are. You don't grow. You stay. Right? But when you accept and receive the correction of God, you actually grow. The Bible says into a peaceful harvest. Into a peaceful harvest. I remember my mom wouldn't let me date in high school. And one day she found a love note I wrote to a girl. And I was so scared I went home and hid. Little did I realize that she was protecting the calling on my life. She was protecting me. She knew there was something different about me and my family. And she covered me and she protected me and she guided me. Amen. I didn't understand it at the time, but I'm thankful for it now. You see, the rod was a weapon used to scare off any enemies or predators that would come. The shepherd would have a rod and he would have a staff. 
The rod was a defense mechanism. It was a weapon. The staff is actually something he used to protect the sheep. It usually had a hook on it of some sort. So if they fell into a pit or they got stuck somewhere, he could hook them and bring them back. Right? Sheep found comfort in the staff. They found comfort in the staff. Because they know that the staff protected them. And it covered them. And it guarded them. Jesus told a parable and it said this. He said, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them wander away. Because they are all prone to wander. What will the shepherd do? You remember what he said? He said a good shepherd will leave the 99 to go rescue the one. You know what that says? That says, number one, that each individual sheep is special. It's so special, it's got its own name. And he knows that name. But he'll also leave the 99 to go get the one. You know what that means for us today? That means that wherever you are today, whether or not you can hear his voice, whether or not you recognize his voice, whether or not you spend enough time with him, if you have given your life to Jesus, you're one of his sheep. Listen to me, you're the best sheep on the planet. You're the best taking care of sheep on the planet. You have the best, the best shepherd on the planet. If that's you today, you know what? If you're far away, you can come back because he's calling. He's calling. He's calling your name today. I guarantee you somebody here right now today is hearing their name. And he wants you to come back to a peaceful harvest. Come back into the fold. Come back into the flock. Come get close to the shepherd again. I'm not just talking about saved and unsaved. I'm talking about those who are saved and can actually wander off. You ever find yourself far away from God? And you wonder why that happens? He's calling today. He's calling. There might be somebody here today and they're going, man, you know what? That pastor was speaking to me. You know what? No, it wasn't. Jesus, the good shepherd, speaking to you. He's speaking to you today. Would you stand up with me this morning? I want to take a moment while the band begins to play and sing and The good news is, is we know the good shepherd. And he does good with us. Wherever you find yourself today. You may be in the flock and you may be right next to Jesus and you may be going, man, you right, pastor. Whoo, he's a good shepherd. If that's you today, hey, praise God. Hallelujah. But if you're here today and you've, you've wandered off a little bit, maybe your relationship with him isn't as fresh as it should be maybe it isn't as clear as it should be 
Maybe there's no peace or there's turmoil inside. Maybe there's something pulling at you or weighing on you. If that's you, I just want to give you an opportunity today to come get next to the shepherd. To come back. Because I promise you he's calling today. Right now he's calling your name. If you're here and you've never met Jesus, if you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life, if you've never given your life to him and trusted your eternity in him, you can do that today. You can do it today. So as the band plays, I'm going to move to the side. Jennifer and Lisa will come up and help me. We'll be here to pray with you and believe God for you. And Don't miss an opportunity like today. Wherever you are, he's calling your name. He's calling your name. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you that you're the good shepherd. I thank you that you want us to have a rich and satisfying life. Thank you, Lord, that all of our hope and all of our trust, all of our provision is found in you and you alone, Lord. Thank you that you're the good shepherd, that you're faithful. You're always watching. You're always paying attention. You know us by name and you're calling to us today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For those that are here today, Lord, and they're far away from you. Or maybe they just want to get closer. Speak to them, Lord. Call their name. Call their name, Lord.